We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups. Download it today at nohalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we cover the Week 10 ownership percentages and the Saturday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. The RotoWire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, how's it going over there at the uh, DFS Players Conference, my man? Not too bad. Not too bad. I um, went and listened to uh, Drew Dinkmeyer this morning talk about bankroll management. Um, you know, guy in the industry that I respect a lot. He gave a, a pretty good presentation. Mm-hmm. I uh, actually skipped out on the second set of... Uh, you know, breakout sessions to come here and, you know, give you guys all of this amazing knowledge that I have, you know, come across in the last 24 hours. And then, uh, you know, going to go back down and catch up with the rest of the stuff later. So pretty busy day here. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm glad you uh, were able to make time for one of the finest podcasts in the DFS industry, the Road of oh. DFS podcast. So Always. Always. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So let's go ahead and, and get into it. We're starting on the NFL side here, uh, like we always do uh, for the Saturday show. And uh, we got our Thursday FanDuel report we're taking a look at here. And so let's just go ahead and – well. Players of note that have uh, fairly good ownership percentages, we probably should just mention that off the bat here. Chris Ivory was 12.4% owned. Derek, 11 point, uh, sorry, Decker, 11.9. Brandon Marshall, 10.1. Sammy Watkins, 9.6. Then Carlos Williams, Tyler Taylor, uh, 8.36 before. A little surprised that LaShawn McCoy was only 4.5% owned, but given the Jets' defense and the shoulder issue, I guess that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, uh, depending on how you want to call it. Dude, I really feel like he looks more and more like St. Nick every week uh, that the beard gets longer. Am I wrong with that read there? No, he is a jolly happy soul. <laughs> okay. And uh, Charles Clay at 2.5%. So that's um, how the people who played those uh, Jets or Bills ended up 
breaking down their ownership percentages. Now let's go ahead and get to the uh, what's happening here at quarterback. Tom Brady up top here at 14.1. I guess the best piece of news here is there's no 20% owned guys this week, and I sort of saw that myself as we were going through you know, research and writing our articles, doing our shows throughout the week, that um, mm-hmm. there's not a like a lock-chalk play that, that needs to be 20-something percent owned in terms of, of quarterback play. Do you, you agree with me here? Yep. One hundred percent. I mean, you basically have you have Brady at twelve, you have Cam at eleven, uh, Andy Dalton at ten, Breeze at ten, Bortles at nine, Rogers at nine, you know, Derek Carr at eight and a half. That's the the top six or seven, the top seven, uh, you know, guys all separated by less than you know, basically three, uh, you know, three basis points there. Right, and you know what? Um, so sort of just taking a look at here the the uh, prediction for the Sunday GPP is basically what you can do is take any of these top options in the top ten and figure at a one and a half to two 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 and a half ish percent uh, increase on their ownership percentage there. So that's mm-hmm. just like a nice little safe yeah. way to do it. And, but, and the reason for that is you're basically making up for the quarterback usage that was used on Thursday night for people who you know don't understand how 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 we get that number and how that works. Right. So Tyrod Taylor or T-Mobile as I like to call him mm-hmm. and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick used to track them and those numbers got to go somewhere else in the Sunday GPPs, and uh, that's how they get applied. All right, so uh, knowing what we know now, um, who do you like for cash and GPPs with these ownership percentages? Well, I think that whoever the quarterbacks that you guys are on this week are, are safe to use in your GPP lineups because I don't think that anybody is so highly owned that you need to fade them. And the only guy who really sticks out to me as somebody who I thought would be higher owned than isn't is Eli Manning going up against uh, the New England Patriots. Not even because Eli kind of has the Patriots number in his career, but he's only 2.5% owned. The Patriots have given up some big numbers to fantasy quarterbacks, mostly because, you know, they put up a lot of points on the board. And if you want to keep up with them, you usually have to throw the ball and try to put up a lot of points too. They don't have a very strong um, pass defense. So Eli's really the only guy that sticks out to me. So basically, let's talk about cash game rosters for this week. A couple guys who I think are interesting. I still really, really like Drew Brees. I mean, when you have a guy who put up 40 and 30-something DraftKings points in the last two weeks, I think he's somebody that you have to look at and consider in this game. Uh, I also really like Blake Bortles. I think Bortles is the guy who you're getting a discount on this week. He's the cheap option, and he is going up against that Baltimore team that has given up second-most points to fantasy quarterbacks this year. They've also given up the second-most points to fantasy wide receivers. And the way that you really want to attack that Baltimore team or that teams have been doing it all year has been through the air because their run defense is so good that, you know, they're usually able to stifle teams run games. And it is so easy to pass on them that it is the path of least resistance. So that's why you've seen some big numbers put up against them. So for my cash games, I pretty much have a little bit of breeze in some of them right now and a a whole lot of Bortles, to be honest. All right, I'm I'm with you there. I've got Bortles as one of my lock talk plays. I don't want to figure out about Derek Carr. I think um, he's um, Pro Football Focus has him ranked in the top five uh, among quarterback ratings uh, for. 2015 I think he deserves it and uh you know 10% is still very reasonable in terms of uh you know using him for 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 GPPs it's not going to be my cash play obviously although it wouldn't I wouldn't hate it if you did it I just feel like you know you can go super safe here and Brady Newton Dalton are one one two three for me I really do love uh Andy Dalton in this spot and the, the other thing too I think that um is my most interesting play in terms of GPPs here is the fact that Carson Palmer is not getting the level of respect that he should. 
uh, overall. Right now, I know it's Seattle, and their defense has steadily improved throughout the season. They were bad, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to start off here. But if you take a look at Carson Palmer and the matchup uh, that he that he has available to him, it's actually a pretty good one overall. I believe Larry Fitzgerald has the number one overall matchup advantage uh, in his cornerback matchup. Some people were talking to me on Twitter. I was talking to some Seattle fans. who were talking about how you know, you know, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was like Fitz plays the slot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and R- Richard Sherman has covered the slot. I think almost zero percent of the mm-hmm. time, and he doesn't shadow for the most part. Um, with it, with with some few exceptions, but if you're going to see him shadow, it's not going to be shadowing the slot receiver. The other issue mm-hmm. that you have is um, Michael Floyd and John Brown are also legitimate threats too. So it's not like you should, um, you know, focus all your efforts on there. If it's Gerald, then you'll have offensive success shutting down the the the, the passing game there. So I do like. Carlson Palmer as a GPP play. I think he's getting disrespected. Take a look at the Rotowire rankings and the um, uh, Pro Football Focus Optimizer. Both have them have Carson Palmer outside the top ten, and I'm 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 actually very uh, encouraged by the price tag at sixty nine hundred. It's going to allow you to open up some stuff for you in your GPPs if you jump down there. So I will have a Fitz uh, to Palmer stack going on here in, in week ten. Just wanted to put that out there. No, and I I actually agree a hundred percent with you. You know everybody who's talking about Richard Sherman. A, Richard Sherman is not as good as Richard Sherman has been in years past. Mm-hmm. And B, like you said, he's a guy who stays on the outside. Fitz lines up over 60% of the time according to you know PFF in the, uh, in the slot. Mm-hmm. So really, he's not, he's not going to see. And even if he is on the outside, you know, I mean, John Brown is the bigger big play threat. You know, Fitz is more of the possession kind of guy. I don't think you're going to see Sherman matched up as often with Fitz. I think you're going to wind up seeing... You know, him either on the other side with John Brown or, you know, basically just playing his side of the field, which is what they do most of the time. And whoever lines up over there lines up over there. Yeah. And um, the other great thing that you get when you match up with Fitz, and we're going to talk about him as wide receiver play as well, is he has he's the only wide receiver uh, ranked in the top 20 uh, in this week or for the season that has one drop. One drop on the season. Everybody. Yeah, has, he does have great hands. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, we're talking. I think we're talking about Chris Carter and Larry Fitzgerald for like two of the best guys who have you know the best hands of like all time in NFL history, and mm-hmm. he's sort of producing at that level once again. 2015. So, if you haven't considered Larry Fitzgerald elite yet, you need to start talking about him as that. And the great thing about him, I know we're not talking about wide receivers yet, but I'm just going to mention it. 7,400 is a nice discount off of D Hop, Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, Julian Elman, who are all above um, the 8K range. So mm-hmm. there you have that. Any other quarterbacks that we need to mention here? I don't mind Eli as a as a shootout stack against New England. I know New England is a is a is a decent defense, um, but you know, we know that uh, I believe Eli Manning's what four or uh, three and one in his career against mm-hmm. uh, New England, and yeah, including a couple of those rings that he's got. <laughs> yeah. He kissed, he's kissed the ring a couple times, yes. or Tom Brady has. Uh, so. Um, Aaron Rodgers, too, uh, priced outside the, the um, top five. I think this maybe is a little bit more um, price respect than it is the fact that people actually want to play Blake Bortles over Aaron Rodgers because Detroit, you can definitely expose in their secondary. I believe they're oh, yeah. 29th uh, in defensive grade in their in their secondary if I'm in, in pass coverage. Do I have that right? I have that uh, 30th, 20. 32, 31, yep, 29th overall. So something you could definitely exploit. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is a four-touchdown game. So if you feel like Aaron Rodgers makes more sense for you for your cash game option than Tom Brady, I'm with that. 
Um, I feel like at if if this is the predicted ownership percentages, ten and a half percent, I would love to have shares of Aaron Rodgers as my GPP play as well. So, um, yeah, I could I could get on board with both of those actually. Okay. Um, like I said, you know, whoever your favorite quarterback for the week is, mm-hmm. I don't think the ownership percentages this week at the quarterback position are going to push me off anybody. Right. So, that, but here's here's my deciding factor here. You take Tom Brady at eighty six hundred or Aaron Rodgers at seventy five. I mean, obviously, if you're trying to put together a, a roster that could win, you think both of those guys are going to be even close. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a pretty simple, right. you know, you decision take, for Rogers for me. You take the yeah, you take the discount for sure, eleven hundred dollar discount. I'm taking that discount all day long. So I think I just finally made my final decision, final answer. Uh, Aaron Rodgers cash and GPP play for so all, all my cash options are probably going to be mostly locked into Aaron Rodgers um, because it's going to open up so much extra salary. All right, let's move along to the uh, running back position here, Benny. We've got D'Angelo up top. This is a um, pretty hefty um, ownership percentage with him, and with good reason. We know Cleveland has been, I, I've mentioned this over and over, and if you ever read a PFF article for me from anywhere from week one to week 10, you have probably targeted a running back who is playing the Cleveland Browns in that spot, and you did well for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but at this ownership percentage, we, we projected at 34.3% for Sunday, I'm guessing that we just have to consider him um, cash game only. Are you with me on that? Yeah, I mean, you're basically at a percentage this high. There's there's usually two ways that I want to play it. I'm either going to use the guy 100% on every one of my rosters if I agree that he's that great of a play, mm-hmm. or I'm just going to fade him completely in tournaments and maybe have some exposure in cash. The one thing I want to caution people though is he sat out practice on Wednesday, and the reason he sat out is a foot injury. Now, with a running back, a foot injury is a big deal. So just kind of keep an eye on exactly what's happening. I'm not saying fade him. I'm not saying, you know, he, he's a horrible play for cash, too. I'm just saying make sure you make sure you keep an eye on it because if he does, you know, if he is going to be limited or, God forbid, if he's out, you know, you, you don't want to be. Uh, that's why I was surprised to see him so highly owned on Thursday, you know, with a little bit of uncertainty surrounding him. I know they're expecting him to play, but, you know, I try when I play Thursday games, I try to not take any chances and to me he's a little risky all right and you know and and just in that same vein too the the way that I, I i kind of like look and approach it is that um on DraftKings, you're okay okay playing him in all your cash games because you have oh, the that, late score. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. what i mean so that's not too mm-hmm. much of an issue and that's sort of probably reflected in 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 some of that price um but on on Fandle, you don't have a choice, and this is what those some of the uh, the numbers that we're working with here. So people are definitely gambling a little bit, but it does seem minor enough that people, you know, I think at least people who feel fairly confident or love what he did in that first spot are gonna just be like, yeah, I don't want to miss out on another home run performance from this guy, so I'm just gonna put him in there because I feel like you know people know that the matchup is just too juicy against Cleveland. So uh, there you have that. Now we're talking about. Uh, Todd Gurley at 21%, LeGarrette Blunt at 177 That's fairly strong for a guy who isn't a big-time factor in the passing game. It probably doesn't figure to be here as well. Are you on board with Le- LeGarrette Blunt for um, the ownership percentage he has for like almost approaching 20% here for Week 10? Yeah, I mean, I actually have him on, on my short list of guys I wanted to look at this week, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting him to be anywhere near this highly owned. Yeah. So that definitely factors into the decision. I think he's going to be a little more involved in the passing game than most people are giving him credit for. It's not like he never catches passes. It's just that he's not the best guy that they had on the roster to do that. 
Um, I do still think he'll get some rushing yards in this game. I think there's a good chance he can get a you know a, a goal line red zone touchdown or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. At, at this percentage, I think he's a little bit highly owned, and I don't expect him to catch like eight or ten passes. Like he's not going to be the guy who gets all of the work that has been left over by Deion Lewis. And remember, this New England team, for the most part, they still like to pass a lot more than they like to run. So, you know, I don't think it's a situation like it was with D'Angelo Williams where he's walking into 20, 25 cutches, you know, 20 of them being carries and, you know, really has humongous upside. But I do think he's a decent option and a decent play to look at. All right, fair enough. I'm with you on uh, the the play there. I just don't know how much... um like cash exposure I would necessarily have overall. Uh, but the other issue, too, is I really like to have my running backs like D'Angelo, like Todd Gurley, like Starks, uh, Lamar Miller, for, for an example, and even um, uh, like Justin Forsett have like pass, pass DeMarco Murray, have passing game upside. You just don't mm-hmm. have that a ton with LeGarrette Blount, So No. But you are getting the benefit of the cost savings. Is, is, yeah, well, especially for a cash game. For a cash game, the reason why you want your guy to also be somebody who can catch passes is because it makes them safe. Even if you expect them to have a lead and think the guy's going to get 25 carries, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. Uh-huh. And if you have a guy who's also the, the passing down back, even if the team gets down, you know he's still going to see some work. He's still going to see some, you know some of those catches, so he's still going to be able to score fantasy points. So for a cash game, you know, it's basically the same argument I always make about Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory's a great play for the Jets when you think they're going to have a lead and he's going to get 25 carries. But if there's a chance the Jets are going to be down, you know, when Bilal Powell was still not hurt and stuff like that, there are other guys that are the third down, you know, back basically for the Jets, and you wind up getting a 12 or 14 carry game out of ivory and no catches and that just kills you so yeah so that, that's the issue that i have here is we're, what we're seeing in this high uh, percentage is just reflective of him being like 4900 on DraftKings, for example and um so, you know take a look at fandle which is actually with this ownership 6900 which is you know uh, a, f- a full 2k plus for off of todd Gurley, who's your top option so you're getting a great cost savings there as well and um you know i feel like he'll get a, a good amount of volume but i don't know if i really want to be as exposed as you know his ownership says we should be exposed to him this week mm-hmm. I, I want shares but i don't want to be all in I'll, if i'm fine with him and you know um as a cash game play because he's so cheap on DraftKings. uh especially if he opens up other things that you like and creates you know a more, a more optimal lineup uh, but I, I would also be like, you know what, if you wanted to go a little bit safer with a with a like a James Starks who you know can get, you know, who's gonna get carries and, and be a passing game factor, I'd probably prefer to go that route. And he's just uh you know, slightly um less owned, I guess, than LeGarrette Blunt at sixteen point seven projected to to Blunt's seventeen point seven. Uh who else uh, makes some for an interesting play f- for you here at the running back on this list? Yeah, I mean, I'm still a guy who loves Darren McFadden. He's seeing yeah. 20, 25 touches a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like people just kind of sleep on that, you know, especially if you can get him cheap. Like on DraftKings, he's only 4,900. Right. You know, 4,900 for a guy who's basically had 25 touches each of the last three weeks and is a huge part of that offense to me is, is somebody that just kind of stands out. Um, Justin Forsett at only 7.7%. Baltimore is uh, – favored in that game against Jacksonville. We know that they just lost their biggest pass catcher in Steve Smith. So he's somebody else that I think they're going to be leaning on. And the other reason I like him, you know, the targets that open up for Smith, they're not all going to go to Kamar Aiken. 
they're going to be distributed amongst the pass catchers. And honestly, he's one of the better pass catchers that they have. So maybe you see half those targets go to Aiken. Uh, maybe you see a couple of them go to Crockett Gilmore. I think you see a couple of them go Justin Forsett's way as well. So you're getting a guy who should have a lot of carries, has a pretty decent matchup, and is also going to be getting a little bit more work in the pass game. So you got a lot of things heading in his favor. And then the last guy I want to mention is Doug Martin, who is another guy who has been seeing a ton of touches lately. I feel like people are kind of sleeping on him this week. Um, you know, that defense that he's going up against doesn't really scare me. He's only 6.5%. And again, you got no V-Jacks for Tampa Bay. You know, they're, they're basically without a couple weapons. And when you get in a situation when you're, you know, without a couple weapons, people tend to look for, well, who's the guy who's going to be getting subbed in? But whatever wide receiver they put in, you know, whether it's a guy like, you know, what's his name, Die or something like that, I don't expect Die to pick up those eight or ten extra targets. I expect them to keep it on the ground a little more with Martin. And, you know, as we'll talk about in wide receivers, maybe give a couple extra uh, targets to, to Mike Evans like you saw last week. So I wouldn't even mind a little bit of Doug Martin in my life, to be honest. All right, fair enough. Uh, we know that uh, Dallas has been able to – uh, has given up some rushing yards throughout there. They were be- much better last year than they were uh, this year against the run. Uh, for for my money there, I just have to have a, a good amount of shares of, of James Starks given this, the start. And I love the fact that you he doesn't need to get it done on one side or the other, but he is getting it done like in a cumulative fashion. Last week, just 10 rushes for 39 yards, but comes up with 8 targets, 6 receptions, 83 reception yards, and a score. That's better volume than James Jones um, in the passing game for uh, – the Green Bay Packers there. So I'm definitely in on James Starks. He's a guy that I wrote up. And uh, another guy that you mentioned to Darren McFadden, I wrote him up also in my Pro Football Focus article. So I don't want to give away every single play that I that I wrote, which that article should come out uh, either late today or m- normally on Saturday mornings. Uh, and you, you can check out some of the cheap punt options at uh, running back and wide receiver. But th- for, the, for that same reason, too, I just quickly mentioned this. Darren McFadden, uh, the, the running back stats for Week 9 were 27 carries, um, two targets, one reception for five yards. All other uh, Dallas Cowboys running backs, zero carries, zero targets. So yep. um, Christine Michael is basically, you know, relegated to you know towel waving on the sideline right now, and uh, you know maybe uh, hope uh, catching some passes while uh, Matt Castle warms up on the sideline or something else like that. But he's not playing football. And that's one of the major reasons you just love that amount of volume that Darren McFadden is likely to get. Um, how far down are you willing to slide on some of these home run options here? Uh, we'll just give you a quick, like, yay or nay. Okay. Okay. Uh, Antonio Andrews. Interesting. I mean, I'm not over the moon about it, but he's somebody that I, I, I could get on board with. All right. He's the lead back, but hasn't been a big-time passing factor. Just uh, projected to be 1.5% on Ronnie Hillman. I mean, I don't. I got to see a little bit more about that injury situation. I don't think I would use Hillman if he's in because that means that they're both in. The only guy I would use would be C.J. Anderson if Hillman is out. All right, um, Jeremy Langford. The matchup is just so tough. It's bad. Um, yeah, I was on him last week, and I like him, and I think that he's somebody that will have some decent games if Forte stays out. 
but I just don't I don't want to mess with the matchup he has this week. All right. And and that's the last one I'll leave you with. Just some breaking news here. ESPN's reporting that FanDuel and DraftKings have both filed lawsuits against the uh, attorney general in New York to prevent them from blocking uh, DFS in New York. So yep. there you have actually, that. As, actually as expected. That, yes. Yeah, I saw that before I came on. They, uh, you know, put their answers to his, uh, you know, cease and desist order in today. So. Yeah. You know what? It's nothing that any of us can do anything about. It's going to be a long fight. It's going to require a lot of money to be mm-hmm. paid to a lot of lawyers. That's not going to be going to us in the pools. So it's going to I'm be, not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be like Deflategate. You know, like dra- drag it out yep. for you know, and then like next season we'll know something maybe. What what so. I'm hoping and what has happened in a lot of these other states where we've had some of these, you know, shock and awe kind of announcements is after people. You know, and by people, I pretty much mean like lawmakers and and guys. You know, on that front, after they kind of get all the facts, it fe- it seems like a lot of the times the cooler heads are prevailing, right. and they're going a little more towards the regulation side of it than the outright banning side right. of it and the you know inflammatory rhetoric that we've heard from the New York AG. So what we hopefully need. They- you know, hopefully that's the way it, it, it works itself out. I, I agree with you. And what we need, I think, is like the best solution possible is for like um, like Mayor Bloomberg or something to like hit a GPP. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like have him take down like uh, like the third like the Thursday, you know, like um, three dollar million dollar contest on DraftKings and be like, see, you know, um, this is for everybody. It's, it's for the rich, it's for the poor, it's for the politicians, it's for the everyman, mm-hmm. you know. And I did my homework. I listened to the Roadwire DFS podcast. They have skills, and that's how <laughs> I was in, I was able to win. And then you know it works out good for everybody. So, so there you have it. All right, wide receivers now. Allen Robinson. Are you surprised by Allen Robinson topping this list here at almost thirty percent owned? Yeah, kind of, I, you a know. little cray, a little cray. I love Allen Robinson. I mean, honestly, he's one of my favorite wide receivers this week. I, the the little moan and groan that I said there is because uh, he's no longer at, GPP eligible for you. Yeah, at this at this ownership rate, I mean, I I, I kind of you kind of almost have to fade him at this ownership rate. He's got a great matchup. We talked about it before with Bortles. Throw him in the cash. <clears throat> yeah, you know, yeah, he's definitely a cash game play. He's a guy I'm going to be using in cash, but. I think you got to kind of go away from a guy who's going to be 30% owned in GPPs. Yep. Crabtree at 22.7 right below him. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, but, you know, he's been, been performing well and has a plus matchup. Randall Cobb is my top play. He was actually my number one cash game play. And uh, at 18.2%, where do you draw the line? This was the question, Benny. Is is 18.2% too much for you to still, you know, uh, yeah. make a GPP case? Or mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you draw your line in the sand? I mean, I don't want to give anybody a... Hard and fast number. rule. Yeah. yeah, because basically it all depends on how much you like a guy. Like, you know, I'm saying, like, even at 28%, I'm saying as much as I like Allen Robinson, I, I got to kind of start looking in other directions. But there are some other people who might be sitting there saying, you know what, I think Benny's crazy. Allen Robinson is an absolute mortal lock this week for three to four times value or more based on his price. You know, for me, I think that that's not too high a, a percent. And you know what? There are times where I've done that too. I mean, there were times when DeAndre Hopkins was 30%, and I told you guys, hey, you know what? I know he's 30% owned, but you can't really fade the guy. Right. You know, there were times when Gurley was 30%, and we talked about it, and you said, you know, you're going to be fading him. And I'm like, honestly, I don't think I can. Like, you know, I think mm-hmm. to me, he's just a, a lock in the roster. So it all depends on the player, it depends on the matchup. 
um, you know, how high that ownership percentage is, where that line is. I will say when the guys get above 30%, that's you are around 30%. So maybe 25 to 30, somewhere in that range Mm -hmm. is when I, is when I really have to start asking the question guys in like the 15 to 25%. If I don't like him, it makes it easy for me to fade him. If I do like him, a lot of times I'll probably still use him. And then anything below like 15% to me isn't a reason to fade a guy because of ownership. Okay, fair enough. I, I'm glad that you finally decided to get off the fence at the very end. And Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, but again, like I said, it's not a. It's he, not like, oh, yeah. he's 15.1%. You have to fade him. Benny right. said you have to fade You know, it's like you, you got to use common sense when you're building these lineups right. here too, guys. You know, like if it's still a guy that you love – he's still a play but you know like i said as much as i love a guy like alan robinson this week at 30 percent you know roughly is what what they're expecting him to be in tournaments i I could fade him and not feel too bad about it i think the difference is is you're not ready to marry alan robinson right now you're ready to like date him you you know you guys been seeing each other for a while and you're like you know hey you know i want to go steady with you but yeah, you're Netflix, not ready to Netflix and chill. I'll take them out. You know, that, that stuff's all, right. all fine, but you're yeah, not ready think... to put a ring on it. Is no. what you're saying. If you're going to put yes. a ring on it, then hundred percent exposure all across the board. Um, boom, 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 boom. You know, send me yes. a wedding invitation. There's, but, uh, he's been around the block a few times, but a few too many other people this weekend <laughs> for me to, uh, you know, put a ring well, on it. Right. right. Now. So, so now you're not, you at this, like this ownership percentage, you, you start be, beginning to question and you're like, I thought Alan Robinson, I thought we were exclusive, you know what I mean? But then you find out he's been dating 28.6% of the other DFS players in this tournament. Yes. And then you start to be like, well, okay, so you're, you know, you're just, you know, tossing, tossing your receptions around all over the place, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you sort of feel like he's a little dirty. Yeah. So, you know, Alan Robinson, you're a little dirty for, for our GPPs this week. That's basically what, what Betty's trying to tell you. Yep. All right. Um, so Randall Cobb for me, lock, stock, cash play, borderline GPP. But I think it's just too good for me to not roster because I want to complete my Aaron Rodgers stack. And this has to be the guy in my mind. Mm-hmm. Top 10 uh, wide receiver cornerback matchup this week as well. Uh, Julian Edelman, 16.9%. Your thoughts? I don't really like him as much on FanDuel. I never really like him as much on FanDuel. On DraftKings, I think it's okay because of the PPR. Um, not really not really afraid of the Giants secondary. I do think that the Patriots are going to try to put some points up on him. I think he's okay. Are you game-flowing or game-scripting um, Odell Beckham Jr. out of your lineups in the Bill Belichick manner that he normally does? I actually think that the guys up at the top this week, I pretty much hate them all. Um, don't like Antonio Brown if Landry Jones is the one throwing him passes. Okay, true, but you know Ben Roethlisberger has rumored to try to get into this lineup today. Well, that's or, why I said if 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 weekend. Landry Jones is the one throwing a pass, right? If it's yes. Ben, all bets are off. You know that the two of them are you know basically right. a, an every week play. Right. Unload um, the salary. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Beckham, I do think, like you said, is going to get the uh, Belichick treatment where you know if you're going to take away that you know, the favorite toy for the Giants, Beckham is obviously Eli's favorite toy. Mm -hmm. And even DeAndre Hopkins has a little bit of a tough matchup this week. He would be the one of those three guys, unless obviously Ben plays, then Antonio is the number one guy. But to me, Hopkins would be the number one of those three. But even Hopkins, I don't really love. I have actually been looking more towards, you know, the mid-range price-wise with the lineups that I've been building. You know, I do like A.J. Green. I actually don't like Crabtree as much as everybody else does. I think that the best matchup against Minnesota is Xavier Rhodes, which was supposed to be Cooper's matchup. 
I don't know exactly what's up. I know he left practice early on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was out there at the beginning and like physically had to walk off the field, which is never a good sign. And even as of now, I still can't find too much information about. Like, they say he's going to play, but I, you know, I just don't see all the information, so I don't really know. I prefer Cooper to Crabtree if they're both okay. So I'm not a big fan of Crabtree, but um, I do like some of the guys in the middle, like. A uh, guy we didn't talk about yet is uh, Stefan Diggs at six point six percent. I mean, I'm sorry, at sixty six hundred on, uh, you know, on um, Fanduel at at eleven percent. I really like him this week. I think he has a good matchup. You know, some people basically call him Antonio Brown light, which I think he's got a long way to go to get there still. But I could kind of see a little bit of Antonio Brown in his game. And remember what Antonio Brown did to this team last week. You know, what was it, 13 catches, 100 and 200 and, I don't know, 80-something yards, um, which is not hyperbole. That's legitimately what he did to them last week. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's – I mean, if, if that's what Brown could do to him, you know, I think Diggs – I don't expect Diggs to go for 280, but I, I could see him going six, eight catches for 100-plus, which would be fine out of him at his discounted price. Um, even coming a little bit lower – Here's a guy that I love this week, and I don't know why other people don't love him as much as I do. Mike Evans is only 5.7% owned. I know he had those two big drops last week, and everybody's like, F Mike Evans, but he still had eight catches for like 150 yards. Yeah. So 18 targets or 17 targets, something sick like that. I mean, all right, he had a drop or two. I understand that, but 17, 18 targets at 5% ownership? I mean, to me, that's a guy that you you lock up in your GPPs at this point. Yeah, uh, I like it. I I think that you can make a a, a strong case uh, for going that route. Now, the, the last question I'm going to ask you here is um, your thoughts on what fancy owners should expect from Brandon LaFell going forward here. Six point one, seven point seven percent owned. So, I uh, to me, I just don't think I can ever really trust him consistently in cash games. But this could be a juicy matchup in GPPs, and when you see, when you see people flowing towards the Julian Elements and the Gronks in their GPPs and their stacks, LaFell could be a, a little bit of a sneaky guy here. The ownership percentage is obviously up, but he's also fairly affordable. So, w- what do you say? I mean, I just I just don't like him to be honest <laughs> with you. I, and and it's you know it's nothing personal. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy and all, I mean, he, but yeah, he didn't know that was your wife. That's yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> this is like it's, he apologized. You could move on. You know, you know, it's I mean, here's basically the way I look at it is. You know, how excited are you to roster Brandon LaFell? What what is Brandon LaFell's upside? Like I think his upside is basically what he did last week. Maybe he catches like six balls for a hundred yards and a touchdown. Maybe. And that's like his absolute ceiling to me. Like I don't see him getting multiple touchdowns. I don't see him having ten or twelve catches for a hundred and seventy yards or anything crazy like that. So to me, his upside is a okay play. Okay, fair enough. Whereas whereas his downside could be he makes like three catches for 40 yards. All right. Okay, I just wanted to get your take. I, I'm okay with that. I will I will take a few shares because he's cheap enough for me to be interested. GPP yeah, only I, for me, though. Like, here, here's the thing. Brandon LaFell, 6.2%. Mike Evans, 5.7%. Mike Evans is definitely a, a better a better play. I would agree. You know, with like, you I would rather figure out a way to get the money to get Mike Evans in my lineup than use a guy like Brandon LaFell. Borrow from your uncle. If whatever you need to do to get him in your lineup. Uh, Tyler Eifert tops the the tight end list here for Thursday GPP ownership percentages. Projected at 25.7. That's crazy, but also not crazy when you saw what he did to Cleveland last week. Are people 
overreacting here, or should we? Um... And incredibly overreacting. Okay. I mean, here's the thing with Tyler Eifert. He's very good in the red zone. He's a good target that can catch touchdown passes. But the guy for most of the season has seen like five targets a game. Now, granted, last week he saw like six or seven, and he turned three of them into touchdowns. But what that also tells me is between the 20s, they only threw the ball to him like three or four times. So if that's all they're going to throw the ball to this guy, again, you're basically banking on somebody catching multiple touchdown passes in order to pay off a high salary. And while he has done that twice already this year, this is going to be their ninth game. So in less than 25% of the games, he's been able to catch two touchdown passes. And you're basically banking on him doing that because that's pretty much what he needs to do to make value because he's not usually a 10-catch kind of guy. He's not usually a guy that gets you 100-plus yards. And I don't really think this game sets up as a game where they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So to me, 25%, he's a very easy fade, and I'm not using him in cash games either. Okay, fair enough. So uh, I'm I'm okay with anybody who wants to take their shares of of their ownership in Tyler Eifert. I just think there's uh, like you know the Jordan Reeds, the Greg Olsons, um, and the Gary Barnages, or an even um, who's is it Minnesota that the Raiders are playing this week? Yes, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, all the Kyle Rudolph that I can find in my GPPs. We know that there's just been you know a strong strong track record of. Um, you know, tight ends blowing up the Raiders. And I'm, I want to look at this box score as we're talking about it right now. Um, it was Heath Miller and Pittsburgh last weekend. I believe Heath Miller had a, a fairly decent game, if I'm correct. Do you remember uh, this this uh, stat line from last week at all before I pulled uh, it up? I think he did okay. I think he had like th- like four catches for like 40 yards or something. He was only 3K on, on – uh... DraftKings. I don't think he had a huge game, but I don't think he really hurt you either. You no, know, that that number sounds like he, you know, paid off the tag, but you didn't get a lot of upside. Yeah, there was there really it, it, you know what, for the $3,000 price tag, it was fine. Okay, so 3 for yeah. 32. That or was like $2,700 price tag, I should say, it was fine. Uh 3 for 32. So definitely not exciting, but then when you have Antonio Brown go for 17 and 284, he just basically ball hogged the whole the entire offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having said that though, Kyle Rudolph to me, um just because of of the track record, I'm gonna he's gonna make a GPP somewhere for me. Definitely not gonna be a, a cash game play. And then my personal take on Gary Barnage, just for those of you know, if he's Josh, if Josh McCown is in, Gary Barnage is your guy. You can absolutely use him. He specifically targets him. That's his um, number one safety valve and red and his uh, f- uh, red zone favorite. If it's Johnny Menzel, I'm probably just gonna go in a different direction altogether because they just don't have the same sort of game flow or rapport with each other so uh there's that anybody else you want to make a case for at the tight end position well i mean we didn't talk about gronk yet did we we did not talk about gronk but okay, I, think I mean we sort of need to do just the obligatory if you want to spend up and you know he's always he's never not an option if you don't want yeah, it to be but so. i actually really like him this week because the giants are actually statistically as bad if not worse after last week than the oakland raiders are against the tight end position. So this week especially is a week where I think you can go gronking if you want to. Um, I do love Jordan Reed, who you mentioned before. Basically just, you know, the thing I like about Jordan Reed is most of these tight ends are touchdown dependent. And what I mean by that is they all see like three catches for 30, 40 yards. And whether or not they pay off their value has a lot to do with whether or not they get themselves into the end zone. Jordan Reed, on the other hand, is not handcuffed by that problem. Because he's seeing, you know, basically including Gronk 
and Greg Olson. He's actually seeing the second most targets per week at the position um, with a little bit above nine targets per week. So he just sees a ton of volume, and I do think that this is going to be a game where Kirk Cousins has to pass it a lot. I don't love Cousins as much as other people do this week. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback, but I do think he throws a lot of passes at Jordan Reed. So I think Jordan Reed would be the way that I tried to get a little bit of exposure to uh, – you know, the potential Kirk Cousins upside that everybody keeps talking about this week. All right. You guys are gambling on a different level. <laughs> when you talk about Kirk Cousins, I, 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 I agree. Know, yes. I know the matchup is elite, but I would just much rather go with Blake Bortles. Uh, you know, there's just to me, there's a let me just take a look at this list. I know we've already we've already discussed this here, but um, Chips Ahoyer for against Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. I would much rather have Hoyer than uh, than Cousins. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a there's a multitude of, of different options that I would probably go before I get to the, the Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's bad, and you now he's got his full weaponry back with Sean Jackson and, and Jordan Reed back in the lineup, but, you know, the running back situation is still terrible, so they know it's, a, it's just a, a one-trick pony, and Pierre Garçon has hands of stone, you know, a la, like, 2011 when he was his last season with Peyton Manning or whatever, so just not terribly excited about that matchup all right so we've covered tight end here let's go ahead and put a bow on the the nfl for week 10 in terms of ownership percentages with the defense here benny i'll just break it down for you 17.6 percent ownership exposure to uh the thursday games for the panthers 16.7 for the um, broncos and then you have the rams uh Bengals, and packers all at 7.2 percent um your thoughts on that group and anybody that you can make a case outside of that yeah, I mean, those five right there are the five that I'm looking at. The mm-hmm. other one that I would add in there that I think you can make a case for is the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seahawks have actually been giving up a lot of points to opposing fantasy defenses, not so much because of turnovers, but mostly because they're not scoring a lot of points, mm-hmm. and their offensive line is putrid. If uh, they did not have a mobile quarterback, they would probably be giving up double-digit sacks per game. The fact that they have a mobile quarterback and are still giving up about four or five sacks per game uh, pretty much speaks volumes about how bad that offensive line has been. Okay, so and do you do you feel comfortable with that order too? Panthers one for you against Tennessee, Broncos two. I uh, actually have it flipped for me. Yeah, personally. I think I think I have Broncos. Um, Broncos is my number one this week, and I do like the Panthers a lot. But I might even put. I mean, basically, I think that the top five that you said, Panthers, Broncos, Rams, Bengals, Packers, Mm -hmm. those are the five defenses that you guys should be considering. Broncos, to me, are number one. The other four, I can make a case for all of them, so... All right, and if you're just taking a look at like you know bargain value, um, for whatever reason, uh, St. Louis is actually the top priced defense on uh, FanDuel at 5,400. And then taking a look at the defensive prices here on on DraftKings, um, you're getting the best uh, overall value against Philly, who has a top projection, believe it or not, on, on Pro Football Focus uh, at 2,700. Uh, so something else to, to, to pay attention to there. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Thursday GPP ownership percentages for Week 10. Now let's go ahead and slide over to the NBA side for the Saturday slate here, Benny. We have one, two, three, four, seven games on tap, so 14 teams here. Let's go ahead and kick it off at the point guard position. Who is going to be bringing up the ball for you on Saturday? Um... You know what? Hold on one second here because I'm actually looking at the wrong date right now. Um, but okay, yeah. Let me give me one second. I was looking at the wrong set of games, so I was about to tell you guys all the stuff that you needed to know for Friday, and that wouldn't really help you. So give me one second here to pull this up. I'm assuming OKC plays again on Saturday, or no? Uh, no, they're out. They're, right. they're out. Um, okay, hold on here. I got I got I got it up right now. So let me take a look at uh, some of the guys that we got here on the list at point guard. 
Um, well, obviously, I mean, I think Steph Curry against Brooklyn. Hold Brooklyn on, hold on, absolutely... hold on, hold on a second, Benny. Good. All right, let's just give it, give me like a five second pause. Okay. Okay. okay then I'll know exactly where to to splice this out, and then just pretend like I just asked you the question, and then okay. it will, and then it'll like it, it's like it never happened. All right, give me give me one second here. Let me just call this back up. Okay. Um, all right, I'm all set. So, whenever you're ready, ask me about point guards, and then we'll go through it. All right, I'll just give you the three, two, one. All right, three, two, one. Yeah. So, a uh, couple guys that I'm looking at here. Um, obviously, Steph Curry is going to be on the top of the list for me. Uh, they're going up against Brooklyn. Brooklyn's absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Steph Curry has been absolutely amazing. So he's definitely somebody on my list. I actually like a couple guys up at the top end today. Um, Orlando hasn't been able to guard a point guard in years. So John Wall going up against them, somebody that can contribute across the board. I really like that situation. Um, Let's see, where would I go from there? Those would be the two guys that I'd probably pay up towards the top end for. Um, I do like Alfred Payton on the other side of that game too. Basically, whenever Oladipo has been out, Payton's uh, fantasy points per minute click up above one. He's, he also gets more minutes in that situation, too. So if you're going to have a guy playing 35 to 40 minutes at a, you know, a fantasy point per minute or better, he's going to put up a pretty big score at a, at a pretty reasonable price. So I think that Peyton's somebody else that I'm going to be looking at. Um, those are pretty much the three guys at the top end that I would be looking to spend up on. Uh, there's going to be a couple value guys or value options. You know, we've had um, you know, guys like Isaiah Kanan who's you know, playing a, a few more minutes. Uh, he's somebody who I think is somewhat interesting that I've been looking at as well. Um, that's about it unless I get some other you know, guys being out information. Like Chris Paul is probably still questionable. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, probably somebody who's banged up too. You know, Bayless is always an option for me. I hate using Austin Rivers, so I probably wouldn't put him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the way I see the point guard spot working out for me this this uh, weekend. And don't forget about Reggie Jackson too. If he is going to face the Clippers, and it's not going to be Chris Paul. We just saw what Brandon Knight and um, uh, uh, Eric Bledsoe did in the backcourt there. They just had like a uh, like a fifty point party combined, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, so it doesn't really matter who you believe is the is the. Uh, you know, the actual guy defending that spot, it, sh- it should be a, a very good situation here for Reggie Jackson. And you're going to get a little bit of a discount, obviously, off of Wall and um, uh, Steph Curry there. 7,300 on DraftKings against Sacramento there as well. Didn't have the greatest game uh, overall, but before that, he had been sitting in the, you know, five, five and a half X ter- territory for th- for like four out of the last six. So um, somebody else to definitely uh, pay attention to there. I'm still okay, obviously, j- jumping down to, to Mel Williams too. If, if Jared Bayless or Tyler Ennis is going to be the one guarding him and not Michael Carter-Williams, they're still very affordable on DK at, at uh, $6,000. And then um, I think I'm going to draw the line at Bayless here. I don't think you can really go too far below that and actually be interested in somebody that is in, a, in full on punt, uh, punt play. Uh, are you with me on that? Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with you there. Okay, so we're drawing the line at Bayless, provided he starts. And if he doesn't start, still may be GPP eligible, but it's 
definitely becomes more sketchy if Carl Williams gets back into the lineup. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure on the timetable, but really just that's the your one going to be one of your deciding factors. All right, shooting guard position here, Vinny. We've got James Harden, Eric Bledsoe, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal all up up at the top. And then if we take a look at uh, Marcus Thornton, he's still getting 30-something plus minutes per game and still reasonably priced at 5,200. So I know that's a guy that you've been uh, recommending as of late. It still looks like a good play. Another guy Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to you about is Wes Matthews, Mm -hmm. who finally for the first time this season uh, uh, reached over uh, 30 minutes plus and um, just – uh, calmly and coolly collectively uh, paid off nine and a half times his price tag at 4200 So I think we need to start being interested here. What are your thoughts? I I didn't get a chance to watch that game. Um, was it a matter of the fact that the Clippers defense was just that bad? Because, I mean, he hadn't done anything remotely close to that all season. Um, obviously, I mean, we remember from last year, Wes Matthews is a guy that can put points up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So if his price is going to stay that low and he's going to play those kind of minutes and, you know, I mean, I definitely think he's somebody who's a viable option. Um, I just don't know if I absolutely love him. I don't know how they're going to match up either in this game. If he's going to be guarding Harden, that's something I usually don't like to take guys who wind up guarding Harden because they're usually expending so much energy on the defensive end that they're, you know, they're offensive game on the other end suffers even though hard is not a very good defensive player mm-hmm. but again i mean if you can get 40 points out of a guy who's you know what is he 4200 4400 maybe yeah. somewhere around there yeah you're gonna have to take i think you're gonna have to have a share somewhere if you don't want to use him in your cash game fine i understand the risk too but he's just too cheap with this this sort of ceiling uh right mm-hmm. now and you know that 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 the pace between that game in Dallas, I mean, that what was that final in that last game? There was a lot of scoring. Yeah, 118 to 108. So you're going to mm-hmm. see probably another 210 total plus in that game. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, you have guys like Thornton who's been the value option who we've kind of been recommending and riding, mm-hmm. who is getting to the point where at the price he's at right now, he's no longer a straight great, up value play. obvious value play. Right. right. You know, like like the other guy who I would think that you might want to look at in this game as well. Excuse me, is um, you know, Jamal Crawford. If you're still getting Jamal Crawford at 3,500 on DraftKings, and he's going to be playing, you know, extra minutes with, you know, guys injured like Redick out and you know Chris Paul maybe in or out. You know, if you're going to get those extra minutes out of Jamal Crawford in that situation, I think I would rather use him at the cheaper price. Um, I still like Wes Matthews as well. I think those two are the are the the cheaper value options. Uh, Thornton being, you know, somebody who's gotten to the point where I don't know if I keep, if I want to keep rolling him out there at his present price. All right, fair enough. No, all, all fair points, uh, in my opinion. All right, so um, anybody else that you can sort of, uh, you know, plant your flag with here at the shooting guard position before we move forward? I mean, if I'm gonna pay up, I think I'd rather pay up for Bledsoe against Denver than Harden against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, with a little bit of a price savings that I'm getting for overall raw raw score though, if you can fit in Harden, Harden you know is basically the highest scorer at the position. Um, but honestly, I think that I'm looking at guys like like a Matthews or a, you know maybe a Jamal Crawford or something like that. I'm probably going to be saving that shooting guard today. Okay. Um. And the one thing I also wanted to mention too here is um if Oladipo continues to sit. Uh, and is out of, of of concussion protocol on Fandle. This is still a supreme value right now at the, at, at the fifty five hundred price tag there, and paid off five and a half, five point six on his um, off of his price of fifty five hundred against L A. Then Indiana, a higher grade defense 
um, you know, comes up with 26.9 fantasy points, which is good for almost five office price tags. So definitely cash safe with a little bit of upside if Old Depot continues to sit. So uh, something else that you may want to consider uh, if you're, you're looking to step down in price at the shooting guard position. So um, we'll keep an eye on the health of Old Depot and see how that becomes a deciding factor. Mm-hmm. All right, before we move on to the uh, small forward position, Benny, when all the listeners know who um, listen to the Rotowire DFS podcast, are you a member of rotowire.com yet? If you are not, now is the time to do so. We're giving away a 10 day free trial. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod and we'll give you these very same projections that we are mentioning on this show. They have op- lineup optimizers for DFS for NHL, NFL, uh, college football, NBA, um, and soccer. Uh, as well uh, and major league baseball which is not currently up but you know um it, it they'll relaunch that as soon as the season starts back up so you'll have dfs lineup optimizers all season long and for three four five six seven eight different sites including fando DraftKings, fantasy aces draft day drafter fantasy score yahoo and fantasy draft so that is very awesome uh so make sure you check that out rotowire.com slash pod free 10-day trial uh lots of great free goodies um free draft kits as well day-to-day projections for season long and for dfs um don't forget to check that out support us which helps support this show here rotowire.com slash pod all right small forward benny let's go ahead and rock and roll at the small forward position what do you got for saturday um all right i'm gonna be honest with you guys this is another position that i'm really looking to save uh, depending on how things work out in Philly, I've been rolling Jeremy Grant, and he has been paying off really good value. So unless he gets a huge jump in price, he's literally somebody who I'm going to have in most of my lineups. I think there are a couple other guys <clears throat> a little bit more expensive who you got to look at too. Uh, if you're playing on DraftKings, that's where Fournier is at the small forward spot. So obviously I think he's somebody that's in play. Um, the one guy who I would kind of look at paying up for here is uh, Kawhi Leonard against Philly. We know that, you know, Philly's pretty bad team so far this year. Leonard's the one guy on San Antonio who has safe, predictable minutes every game. Um, you know, even in blowouts, he still winds up playing a lot of time. So to me, Leonard would be the one guy I would look to spend up for. But I definitely think that you're still going to be getting really, really good value out of a guy like, you know, Jeremy Grant, who's about four thousand dollars, or even a guy like Fournier, who's, you know, fifty-five, six thousand. I think that the value at those guys at the small forward spot is so good that you kind of have to take it and, you know, spend up elsewhere and use the money somewhere else. All right, that, that makes some sense for me to uh, as well. It, it is really. I'm just going to say putrid overall. If you're not using LeBron James and, and Kawhi Leonard, you have a couple value options that you can sort of get behind. And then after that, like I'm looking through the second tier and I can't tell you a single guy in the second tier, um, you know, in our projections here that I really honestly, um, you, you know, can feel yeah. great about like, um, Bojan Bogdanovic went went bonkers for 22 and nine that last game, but before that he has you know mm-hmm. like a 7.2 uh, you know Fanduel point um, yeah. uh, performance of 14.2 and 18.9. It's all very very like yeah. sketch. My my biggest problem at the position here is the guys who are in like the top tier. Mm-hmm. To me, they're all a little too expensive for what they give you, and then yeah. the guys in the bottom tier are all a little bit too erratic for right. what you know, for what you can expect out of them. So there's no safety in the bottom tier. And in the top tier, for me, there's no value. You know, that's why there are literally like three or four names that I that I mentioned that kind of stand out to me. 
and I'm just going to be using those guys and then moving on to other positions and, you know, trying to trying to spend up and get some of the guys that I like at the other spots who I think you really need. Yeah, you know what? I think I might just go, if I'm not going to go with, you know, LeBron or Kawhi Leonard, I might just go uh, with my uh, designated security blanket that I always use when I just, you know, don't know what else to do and I and I can't make a, ch- a case for, for spending like 4500 on a guy, like on Fandle, for instance. But, he's you know, this guy's been like in the 6K range, what seems like forever, and it's Danilo Gallinari. You know, at least you mm-hmm. always know you're going to get 20-something fantasy points yeah. plus with him. Yeah, he, he has a very safe floor that's yeah. not going to kill you. Right. It's a it's a it's one of the better cash game plays that you can actually make. So overall, not not, not a ton of GPP ceiling overall. I mean, he has paid off 6, 6, 6.8x to open the season with 23 and 8, and he is a three-point bomber. But, you know, you don't get any double-double points, um, you know, on DraftKings from him almost ever. And, you know, and he's mostly relying on scoring, and he is a good scorer. So that's lock, stock, cash gameplay. Um, but, you know, it's very hard to get excited <clears throat> about what he's going to bring to the table for GPPs. All right, let's go ahead and move along to the power forward position. Give me what you got, cash game GPP. Honestly, I, I think that some of the pricing in this situation is pretty rough, too. A uh, guy who I kind of like because I think he's still a little too cheap is Draymond Green. Um, obviously, he had a monster game yesterday, and that's something that he can do. You know, he is a guy that can put up a 50 fantasy point game every once in a while if he's, you know, scoring some points and also getting all the other stats that he pretty much is known for and gets you on a regular basis. So against Brooklyn, he is somebody who I'm definitely looking at. Um, honestly, though, like I don't really feel like I want to pay up for Blake Griffin against Detroit. I don't really love Kevin Love against um, Milwaukee. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, to me, just hasn't been the same kind of player this year. He's still a little expensive, probably wouldn't roll him. Um, You know, there's a couple injury situations, like you have Jabari Parker who went down, which opens up a couple more minutes in Milwaukee. You have Markeith Morris who went down in that last game for Phoenix, so there's probably going to be some kind of value that that opens up. I didn't get a chance to kind of search through and see, you know, like did, what's his name, John Law or something like that. Is he the guy that came in for him yesterday? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, was it Lair? Yeah, I mean, I have, you know, L-E-U-E-R yeah, is right. the way the guy spells his name for those of you that were out there. Um, he finally played over 20 minutes yesterday. I think he had about 25 minutes put up about 25 or 26 points. I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm just, you know, I remember what he did yesterday. And I know he was min price over on DraftKings. So he was one of those guys that you can get for 3,500-ish. Um, if he can put up 20-something points for you, that's going to be value. So he he would be somebody I would look at if Markeith is going to be out again. Um, but that's, honestly, that's about it. I mean, there isn't a lot that I love, you know, up at the top end here today. And there aren't a ton of punts that I know about yet. Uh, again, if a couple of these guys do happen to be out, I definitely think there is some merit to, you know, trying to figure out who else you could throw in. All right. So according to basketballreference.com, it's lure. Like, okay. Um, so you were a lot closer than I was. I was thinking like Austin Powers, like come back to my lair. Yeah. Um, but it's not. Welcome back. to my underground lair. Yeah. But it's lure. Like we're going to the loo. I need to use the bathroom. Um, all right. So. Uh, those are those are all f- uh, fair and fine for me. I, I think uh, uh, Blake Griffin is going to exact revenge on his whole temper tantrum thing, where he gets two ejections, and he's the top projected option, um, you know, on Rotowire and on, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
basketball monster everywhere else that you can find a projection basically fantasy labs uh so look he looks like he's in in a very good spot and uh, Ilya silva has nothing for him so this is the one case where i say all right you know go ahead and put your chips in the middle and 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 feel good about it um so i'm, I'm in there with, with that play now uh how far down the line are you are you going to draw um uh you know your line in the sand and say this is it for me can't go below this um Channing Fry, if he shows up well and yeah, I mean, he starts a, again a, on Saturday. I was going to say, he's supposed to be getting a start, so he could probably be somebody in there cheap enough. You know, I mean, I don't really want to say I'm drawing the line here or there because there are certain guys who make sense to me depending on how some of the injury situation works out. You know, guys like Lure, as we talked about. You know, a guy like, uh, who are we just talking about? Who would you just ask me about? Channing Fry. Yeah, like a guy like Fry, if he's getting in there and getting minutes. You know, some of the uh, Houston Rockets big guys happen to sit out. Like if this is a game that, you know, Dwight Howard sits out, I think you can look at a guy like a Terrence Jones or a Capella who could be, you know, picking up minutes in his stead. Are you, you saying know, all, Capella could be capelling? He could be capelling, yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> okay. I definitely think he's somebody who, you know, again, I mean, it's Jeremy not a guy Grant that's to above, me is, but, is going to be like your best value play. Is, is 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 the way that I that I that I see here, uh, in, in you know guys that you're gonna come up for Blake Griffin up top for me, Jeremy Grant at the bottom. And if you want to, mm-hmm. if and is he is he he's listed as a power forward. On, I he's on, as a small forward. On Fanduel he is. Oh, okay, on, so, on Fanduel. Okay, fair uh, enough. Okay, so I just wanted to. I know we talk about DK almost all the time. I want to give some you know some fair comparisons. You know what I'm doing? I'm doing my Fanduel homework for Rotowire right now. Is what is what I'm doing. Fair enough. Okay, because I got I put out the Saturday Fanduel value plays. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I should just switch over to Fanduel right now while I'm doing this show and sort yeah. of do my own. See, that's a, that's probably my fault that we talk more about DK because I do a lot of my writing right for, for the DK, draft and that's playbook, yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's I play where a lot I, of D, DK you know, too. I love stuff. I love the positional like um options that that DK affords you. I by the way, just you know um throwing this out there, but if you love like position flexibility, you you cannot do any better than fantasy draft. By the way, it's like any three guards you want, any three forwards or centers you want, and then two utilities. Just use anyone. That's yeah. like it doesn't get any simpler than that. Was which is why, like, you know, you and I we talked about how like it's just been like crush time. You know, blow up the bankroll on on on, on fantasy draft because I love that you like it almost you can m- almost make any lineup you want work. You know, with one or two tweaks um, because there's just oodles of oodles of flexibility and overlay by the way so mm-hmm. yeah uh, i know that you've been enjoying playing on there so oh yeah i've, been, I've especially the nfl i love their nfl product too their nfl product's amazing yeah so um yeah so there's n- nice shout out to that site so it's kind of spread out the love between FanDuel, DraftKings, fantasy draft all of those types that we like to play on all right so we i think we've um given some good value plays um uh, overall by the way i'm still gonna stump for little marcus aldridge uh and um it maybe i'll be less interested if uh, Nerlens Noel plays, but uh, uh, at some point, I mean, he's for the most part underperformed every game except for one. Mm-hmm. He has not met the tag, but he's not that far off of it either. I think what you just need is the price to slide down a little bit low, lower, down into seven K range, and then for him to go twenty and ten, like we know he's capable of in some of these spots, or twenty five and ten, and then you know you're gonna have like a little bit of buy low opportunity overall. I never think that you're probably gonna be like, oh. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, all the LaMarcus Aldridge for GPPs because it is the Spurs and they share the ball so much. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you're, he's going to actually turn into a value option if this if the price keeps trending the way it does. And he's so far 
um, like loft loft off six hundred dollars off of his price from the start of the season. So just keep your tabs on that for those of you who you know, because there's a lot of hate that everybody has in DFS from from Marcus Aldridge for not being the beast he was last season. But I just think we need to temper temper our expectations and then figure out where you can drive the value. All right. Uh, power, are you good with power forwards? You want to? Yeah, move? that's for me. That's pretty much the guys I'm looking at a power forward. All right. Uh, before we move on to center, I want to let you know that if you are looking at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to do so. Well, now you can with the all new No Halftime app. The no Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron. You can pit LeBron versus Tra- um, Mello. You can fit Trout versus A Rod. Creating challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges are even easier. So uh, you can create challenges for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, and the college basketball uh, format, along with other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy await you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No Halftime, where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. All right, Benny, we're back from our break. Let's go ahead and hit up centers before we roll on out of here. What do you got for me? All right, I actually really like Andre Drummond going up against the uh, L.A. Clippers. We've talked about it before. I'm not a big fan of DeAndre Jordan's one-on-one defense, and I think that Andre Drummond's bulk, you know, I mean, size-wise, tall, you know, length, the two of them are about the same, but Andre Drummond's bulk is going to give DeAndre Jordan a lot of trouble in that game. So I really do like Drummond up top as somebody who I'd pay up for. The other guy who I have to mention, I mean, we've been recommending him and riding him all week, Jaleel Okafor. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that Nerlens Noel might be back, but, you know, his rebounds are up, so that's something that we like. The guy is taking an absolute ton of shots, and he's making a good amount of them. And he actually has the highest usage rate at the center position of all the guys that are playing today by a pretty wide margin at uh, 28.3%. So they are giving him a lot of looks in this offense. They are running the offense through him, and I think he can give you another nice number. So he would be the, you know, Drummond would be the guy that I would pay up for. If I can't afford to, I'd pay for Okafor. If I got the money to put them both on the roster, well, that's just amazing if I can do that. So that would be something I would be looking forward to. Okay, I think GL Okafor can still pay off the tag because he is so cheap. But the only issue I have, I think I'm just going to stay away in GPPs for the most part because the Spurs have always defended the center position well, and they're going to probably continue to do so. Uh, you know, I know it's uh, you know basically Tim Duncan out there, but yeah, he, he can be 45 and he's still going to play great defense, and they play great team defense uh, as well. So I just want to make that uh, s- small note there. Uh, to your point with Andre Drummond, by the way, as your top cash game play, um, I'm in there with you. And just to supporting information here, uh, Clippers down in the bottom 10 uh, in fancy points allowed to the uh, to opposing centers uh, on DraftKings or FanDuel, rather, uh, this season. So um, those plays all make some sense. Now, we also know that Dwight Howard is either going to pick Friday or Saturday to sit out. My guess is he actually picks Friday. Um, and by the way, if you're asking, well, this is a Saturday show, Josh, why are you talking about Friday? Because we record this stuff on Friday to have it available ahead of you time, like we've mentioned before. So for those of you who may not know that, um, that's which, which is why I have to pose the question. So, But if he ends up sitting Saturday, then Clint Capella becomes an option for me. Um, but then he's otherwise not uh, an option on, on a site like FanDuel. So um, how far down can we go here? Are you okay with Azeli? Uh, for instance, at 4,300 on Fandle. 
Uh, not excited I, about I the minutes. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really, I haven't really looked at him much as somebody on my radar. Um, again, they're playing Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not all that good. They do play a little bit of a slower pace. You know, I think if I'm going to look at anybody, if I could get somebody like, uh, you know, you know, you got a guy like um, Nurchic that's out. You got uh, Lavernier who's a little bit banged up. If I can find J.J. Hickson for cheap, you know, he would be another guy, whether he's power forward or center eligible, that I wouldn't mind putting in there. Um, but honestly, I'm not really a fan of basically anybody else on this list. I think you can look at, you know, Brooke Lopez a little bit as a GPP play. I think he has some upside. But other than that, I don't think there's any upside for, you know, a lot of these guys up towards the top end besides the ones we already mentioned. Yeah, so it looks like to me there's really only like two or three very solid options, and you're better probably better off making room in your lineup for Andre Drummond um, because, you know, he's the one guy who has – 40 plus point uh upside uh you know uh and it's a it's a pretty penny but you you might not be able to get 20 fancy points out of some of these centers that are on the roster it's an ugly that's probably the weakest position overall on the slate today mm-hmm. all right that's going to wrap it up for today's show a reminder you can subscribe to the rotowire dfs podcast on itunes and stitcher please leave us a review uh if you get a chance to do so share with your friends let us know that you enjoy the show you can find benny on twitter at um What's going on in the background? Dude, you're killing me with the fucking chips right now. These guys got back from the breakout session. They're, they're trying to eat and they're trying to do it quietly. But, you know, it was like me last week with the Twizzler bag. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Okay. Um, save yeah, me go ahead. Some, save hey, me. Give, me quiet, give me quiet for like two minutes. We're, we're ending it up, right? We, go ahead. Save me some salsa, guys. That's all I ask. All right. Um, yeah, Rotowire DFS podcast uh, available on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, leave us a review. Don't forget to check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. And you can uh, check me out on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com